Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 91. Breaking Hurry. Breaking Hurry. Reminds me of the show Breaking Bad. Oh. Well, it has nothing to do with that. No. Zero. But we're going to talk about our constant addiction to hurry and efficiency. Mm. Okay. And how that is wreaking havoc in some other areas of our life. Okay. That feels like me today. I have been deep cleaning our house. You have been. It smells so good in here. I I do this. Well, <laughs> I would like <laughs> to say I do this make, a lot. Don't make me. <laughs> I do it when I have to. <laughs> and we typically, yeah, when we have guests, mostly upstairs, you're usually like super sweet and you clean the uh, boys' bathrooms. Yes. Just because of the nature of boys' bathrooms. <laughs> yes. Um, not pleasant, but you, you typically do that. But today I tackled those on my own and that was a, that was an adventure. So, um, anyways, I've been hurrying around all day, so I'm going to probably need this message. Um, today's the last day of school. I know. I love at least here in Tennessee, even though it impacts my life actually in a negative, not, it's not negative, just kids are around a lot more. So it's, you love, I love it. He works from home. Yeah. So it's a constant juggling of, Hey guys, please don't walk by my computer pretty much with With nothing but your underwear on. I'm on a zoom call here. Like it's so you kind of get used to being able to plan all your stuff during the day, but now they're around and all the son's home from college. So that takes an adjustment, all good stuff. But I do like the concept of the end of school. It still brings me back to my childhood and that amazing feeling when you walked out of that school. Yeah. You never, unless you're a school teacher or work in the school system, you really don't ever get that feeling. You don't. And even when you're a school teacher, you still have, you know, you're probably going home to kids or you might be doing summer school. So it's just never, you never like can recreate that feeling when you're a kid. Did you have any like traditions when you got out of school? I don't remember any specific ones. I do feel like we would often go out for ice cream around that time. My dad always picked us up um, because he worked from home too. So he was always able to pick us up. Um, And he would play schools out for the summer, like blasting it on his speakers when he picked us up. And I have that like ingrained in my memory. I love it. But it's that and the Memorial Day weekend, Mm -hmm. weekend, which I'm super pumped about. You're traveling. I am. Not for fun, but for work. So you and fun work. 50 million other people will be traveling this weekend. But yep. I'll be, be back in time for Memorial Day, which yep. will be awesome. Yep. So we'll do lots of pools and all that. So I hope you guys, if you're traveling, that you have safe travels and maybe you're listening to this on the way to somewhere really cool and fun versus me just staying at home. But that's okay. I'm super pumped to be able to go to the pool. Yeah. That's going to be great. All right. You ready to dive into this? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Um, I would not describe myself as a patient person. Agree or disagree? Agree. Wow, that was fast. Would you describe yourself as a patient person? It depends on what it is. If like Pepper's throwing a fit, I typically can be pretty patient. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are impatient, I feel like I, I like revert to the opposite and like try to be super like calm. Mm-hmm. But when it's like somebody on the road, like driving or yeah, it just really depends on like what irks me. Yeah. You're, you're, you're patient in your own right and at, for certain things. Yeah. Not household things. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about this. Cause I, I think it's, you know, inter- obviously the benefits of cultivating patience in your life are huge. I mean, here, to name a few, happiness, 
<laughs> better relationships, more success, uh, all things that I think are worth the effort. But I think the key here, and this is kind of the whole point of this conversation, is it takes an effort. Like, you know, we, we can all work on developing more patience. And an important idea is that's what it is. You're developing a skill that I, maybe some people, just the way they're wired, maybe wired for more patience but i don't know i don't think this is a skill that anything anybody's just born with yeah think about babies i mean we have an almost two-year-old she has zero patience it's in the <laughs> negative it, like it's you know she wants food now i want to play now i want to go to the pool now it's mm-hmm. like let's go for a walk now everything is now yeah and there is no really bartering with her about like actually i think it'd be a better idea if we waited five minutes yeah no like none. it's it's now and then as she gets a little bit older because i've seen my boys go through this every time we're in a car it's going to be are we there yet yeah. are we there yet and that's not a question they know we're not there yet the car's still moving <laughs> it's a statement and the statement is why is this taking so long yeah i'm ready to be there like why can't we be there now and so i think part of growth for all of us is understanding that there there really are no shortcuts in life i mean there are shortcuts just not shortcuts that pay off mm-hmm. right and so you know how do we develop this so let's just start again this is surface level conversation about this but let's talk about what patience is and what it isn't because we all know patience is a good thing we've been told by our moms or dads or teachers or coaches to have patience um but i don't think a lot of people really know how do you define patience? And most people at the most basic level would say patience is the ability to wait. Mm-hmm. All right. But I think it's more than that. I think it's the ability to wait for something that you really want or maybe even need. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I think the, the skill behind impatience comes into play, the practice inside of impatience. You know, we often want to define patience as waiting for that thing without you know, expressing irritation and frustration. Hmm. Because that's the thing that, again, takes away the quality of your life while you're in the process of waiting. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting as you're talking, it almost is like patience requires hope. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Like I think about some people might be waiting for a healing or waiting for a relationship to, you know, mend or the patient, to be patient I feel like you also have to hold hands with hope. There's no doubt. I, I like the way you phrase that. I, I wish we could change the title now. Because <laughs> that, that would be a really good. Uh, okay. Holding hands with hope. Okay. Ooh. That, holding hands with hope. Okay. Get it tattooed. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that that's a great point. Because again, I think what makes, um, not necessarily developing patience, but what makes expressing patience more difficult is when you don't, no, that's what makes the waiting so hard. Yeah. You actually don't know if what you long for is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you knew it was a guarantee it was going to happen, then I think patience would be a lot easier. But that's almost never the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The ambiguity it, that comes you, along with the waiting. If you know what's coming, it's waiting. If you don't know what's coming, it's patience. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, not always. But I mean, you know I'm not going mean? to change like, the title of the podcast <laughs> over that one, but. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like. Yeah, I feel like there's two kinds of patients. There's a, mm-hmm. the known patients and the unknown patients. Yes. The known, I'm in traffic, I'm getting mad, I know I'm probably going to get to the mall in just the fine amount of time. Then there's the patience of, 
I need, you know, I'm sick and I need healing or you're hoping for, you know, a good diagnosis or whatever yeah. else it is. And yep. that's a different type of patience. I totally agree. But yeah, anyway, totally agree. So there. I'm gonna give you four tips and I think all these four tips apply to either form yeah. of patients, right? The first one is this, and this is probably the hardest one. I shouldn't start with this and that's accept what you can't change. Yeah. That, that's the key right there. Accepting things that are out of your control is a key to people who develop the true skill of patience. And a lot of times I think feeling impatient happens because we want something to happen. We want something to change. We want it to happen or we want it to change immediately. Yeah. Like in that moment. But practicing acceptance uh, is key because that's what helps you feel peace while you're in that process of waiting and longing for what has yet to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I think a good tip for practicing acceptance is to adjust your expectations. That's where I get in trouble, as you know. Yes. I develop these picture-perfect expectations about almost every scenario. Yeah. So it leaves a lot of room for things to not go the way I thought they were going to go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very true. Yep. <laughs> I, so, won't, I won't dive into that. <laughs> no, that's all right. So the idea here is to look at the facts, look at the facts that are available to you and recognize which of the factors you are in control of and which ones you are not in control of. Yeah. So there's this little, uh, I've used this illustration before on stage speaking where I've had two trash cans and one trash can is labeled the I can and the other trash can is labeled the God can. Now it's hard for me to even say this because in real life when I'm speaking, I'd say I can and God can. And I know that's incorrect. Incorrect. You correct me for years now and I still do it. But on stage, I, I, I pull it off the I can and the God can. And the thing is to think through different scenarios where you're impatient and figure out what parts of that go in the I can, in other words, things that you can do, mm-hmm. and what are the things that go in the God can. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm talking to somebody, some guy who's single, and he's really impatient because he wants to meet the perfect girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, let's look at that scenario. What, what goes in the I can? You can get on a dating app. You can go to a club or something. You can <laughs> uh, shower daily. That will be helpful, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's things you can do, but you you can't magically make the right this person, right person show yeah. up in front of you. That goes in the God can. Mm-hmm. So there, I think in almost every scenario, there are things you can do, but then there's a whole lot of things that go in the God can that you have to kind of put over there and say, that's out of my control. Yeah. Like, I can't control those things. I'm going to do what I can do, and I'm going to admit that there, and accept there's a lot of things I can't change. Yeah, that's good. I think about it on a like really small, minuscule scale. I talk about driving a lot. I swear I'm not an angry driver. But I, about, I don't know, two or three months ago, switched, flipped a switch. I always say those things wrong. Flipped a switch in my brain when, like, say I, you know, hit every red light or I'm behind some 90-year-old who mm-hmm. can't see um, and going super slow. I started telling myself, like, it's keeping me from something yeah. or it's making me, like, enjoy a song I'm going to hear or it's making, like, I literally in my brain flip it. And so I feel like you can almost do that in every situation. It's yeah. like, no, I'm here for a reason. This is the season I'm in. I'm going to learn something from this season. Um, but it has to be super intentional. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that in just a second, but you know, I've been reading this book. I've uh, mentioned it before on the podcast by Rick Rubin Yeah. and he had this little itty bitty page on patience. And I love this. He said, patience is developed much like awareness through an acceptance of what is. And he says this, impatience is an argument with reality. Mm. And it's so true. When you're impatient, you're arguing with the reality that things are not happening in the world in the way you want them 
to happen or which is not happening on your timeline. Unproductive. Very. He says it's an argument with reality, the desire for something to be different from what we are experiencing in the here and the now. A wish for time to speed up, tomorrow to come sooner, to close your eyes and to find yourself in another place. Mm-hmm. So impatience is almost this passive way of literally closing your eyes and denying the reality of where you are and what you're facing. Yeah. So true. And when you like define it like that, it feels silly. It does. When I read that little chapter or that paragraph, I was like, man, that's, Mm -hmm. that's so true. It is an argument with reality. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say to all of you right now who feel impatient in some area of your life is you're exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. You are where you are in your timeline of your life and your activities and your goals and your dreams, you're exactly where you need to be. You are where you are right now for a reason. And time is moving at the speed that it's moving for a reason and accept it. And when you don't, and you just lead with this, this impatient, this energy of impatience all the time, I believe you are missing and robbing yourself of what this moment is trying to provide for you. Yeah, that's really good. So I like it. Where's that? Uh, second one was learn to be a good listener. And I put this one in here because I think this is a great place where most of us can practice patience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's a proactive way, right? I think one of the best ways to learn how to be patient is to improve your listening skills. Because most of us, we have so much impatience when somebody else is talking. Isn't this true? Mm-hmm. You're doing it right now. I can tell the way you're looking at me. You're <laughs> thinking more about what you're going to say next. Aren't you? <laughs> Can I be honest what I'm thinking about? Yes. There is an Italian phrase and it's like a famous song mm-hmm. and it's basically like it is what it is or like something that's like essentially saying enjoy the now. Like don't. You know, you that change. was the last point, right? No. We're talking about listening right now. Oh, okay. I know. But I was like literally just trying to think of this phrase. It's like a famous one. Anyways. Okay. I'm sorry. Learn to be a good listener. I'm listening deeply. I cannot believe you just proved my point in such a <laughs> Like extravagant fashion. <laughs> like, are you surprised? You're still thinking about what I said two minutes ago. Well, hey, at least I'm thinking about what you're saying and yes, not like that's dinner. True. That's true. But don't you think that listening again? This second point here of learning to be a good listener is an important place for you to learn to develop patience instead of jumping ahead to what's next, mm-hmm. not being present in that conversation. Uh, again, I'm terrible at this, and actually, my life coaching. Uh, has really, the training for that really helped me and helped me see I was a terrible listener. Hmm. I was always thinking almost immediately I would predict where they were going mm-hmm. and wish they'd stop. And or how you can help fix it before you even really probably yeah, hear the problem. Yeah. Exactly, the whole thing. I'm already going to what it is I was going to say next. So I think learning to be a good listener is an incredible place uh, because it's not only going to help you with patience, but Whenever you do that, whenever you don't actually listen to people and you just come back with what it is you're going to say next, you can tell. You can tell in someone's eyes who's faking listening to you. Mm -hmm. And you feel in that moment like you're not important. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I I think it's an incredible gift that you can give people is the gift of patience when it comes to listening to them. Yeah, I like it. Good. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Thank you. Is practice empathy. So this is something I'm trying to do right now. Uh, One of the years in my life where I can get very impatient is with other people. And um, I think that practicing empathy is one of the most important things you can do to increase your 
patience mm-hmm. that you have with the people around you. Empathy, by definition, psycho- psychologists say, is the ability to understand and feel what others are feeling. Mm-hmm. Another way I've heard it put many times before is it's like to literally put yourself in their shoes, in their situation, with their gifts, their abilities, their history, taking all of that into account. Yeah. And I think often when we get frustrated with other people, it's because we think they should be doing exactly what we would be doing mm-hmm. in the timeline that we would be doing it in if we were doing it. Yes, totally. I'm like, I have a hundred people popping up in my head right now. Mostly like, I feel like this so pertains to like, if you have a job and you work with people like that to me is where you, it's almost hard to have empathy and constantly because it is very transactional relationship. Um, but yeah, I think about like a a job I used to have in my past and like, I wasn't a huge fan of my boss at the time and, but I would try to reason why he behaved that way, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that does help you kind of have, have patience and empathy for that person. So, but sometimes it's hard. I think what it does for me is empathy helps me remember that not everybody moves and or thinks as fast as I do. And I don't, it sounded almost like I was bragging there. No, I wasn't. I think the important point is that everybody thinks, moves, executes in a, in a different way mm-hmm. and has different methods. Mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody who moves a little bit slower doesn't mean that they're less uh, skilled. In fact, maybe they come to maybe they deliver better work or come to a better conclusion than you do. And I think part of it for me is I've been trained over the years in my mind to think again, that efficiency, you know, Mm -hmm. hurry fast is always better. Yeah. And it's not. Mm -hmm. And having empathy for how other people process things and situations. Mm -hmm. Again, this is not, I'm not talking about making an excuse for people's laziness. It's Mm -hmm. very different. This is having empathy and putting yourself in their situation and their circumstances and understanding maybe they don't have as much experience as you do. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I can, I can, Someone could ask me to get on stage and speak on a topic, and if you gave me about two hours, I think I could probably do it. I'm not saying it'd be great, but I could do it. Somebody else who hasn't given thousands of talks, <laughs> it may take them a <laughs> it week. take me two weeks, yeah. Right, and that's okay. That's all right, but that's part of empathy is to say, for me not to look at you and say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Come on, hurry up, put it I, together. I think a really practical application of this, like I think in my life, maybe it's not a work situation that you're dealing with, but like you know, you're in the grocery store line or you're at a restaurant and your waitress is taking too long. We had, we talked about this on a podcast a couple months ago where it's like, she was slow as molasses in winter and sorry, that was a very Southern phrase. She's very slow winter, winter. winter. Um, and, but we come to find out they're understaffed and she has all the tables in her section. So that's kind of another like practical, like, just assuming the best about the person until you realize maybe there's other things going on. But yeah, yep. I agree with that. It's good. All right. One more. We got to get okay, to this. One one. We're running out of time. Okay. Uh, get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Um, waiting around for something that you really want or need doesn't feel good. And I don't care how much patience you develop in your life. It yeah. doesn't feel good. And for many of us, waiting can be downright just uncomfortable. And this discomfort, right, is in that feeling of impatience. Mm-hmm. And so go back to this whole practicing patience thing. Our culture, I believe, is designed to help you avoid any kind of discomfort. Yeah. Right? We have a slew of products 
in every single area of our life that is to help you avoid discomfort. Mm-hmm. And specifically, there's a whole line of products around this idea of helping you avoid the discomfort of waiting. We've actually been coached by our culture that waiting is bad. We're going to help you not wait as much. Mm -hmm. So we've created things like fast food so you don't have to wait for your food. Or if you don't want to go out, heck, we created a microwave, right? We can microwave it, and it's going to be super fast. Uh, We have the express lane on the interstate that you can go down. We have the fast lane at Disney, so you don't have to wait in the line. We have pre-check at the airport. We have express oil change. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. If you tell me I have to wait more than two days for anything, I'm mad. Yes, we have (laughs) been trained to think that waiting for anything is a bad thing. And so everybody's created products around this idea of, easing the discomfort that comes along with having to wait. Hmm. I think a much better model for you when it comes to personal growth is finding ways. I'm not saying the per, I'm not saying if the express lane is available to you that you should stay in the long lane. I'm not saying that, but w- what I'm saying is we have to find ways to get comfortable with being uncomfortable to intentionally slow down and to just be present. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is most of the things that we do in our life, whether it's reading, whether it's listening to a friend, whether it's eating, almost all physical activity we do can be done just like driving. It can be done on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Right? You can participate with life either in autopilot or with focused intention. And I think if you participate with your life with a focused intention versus autopilot, it can help you begin to see the benefits of waiting and even joy at times mm-hmm. in waiting. Yeah, that's good. It's like imagine if you participated in life with the same kind of focus you would, you would have if you got stuck in a plane and you were the only one available to land it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, do you remember how, when I talk about autopilot in a car, do you remember when you, the first time you learned to drive? Like, yeah. that first couple months, you get in the car. Yeah, you, true. You're like you shut laser the door, focus. You, you know, you check the brake, key, gas. You think through, okay, now I got to put it in reverse. Everything has focus to it. Eventually, you get to the place where you can talk on the phone, put on makeup all that while you're doing all that but it but again you lose the details of it right you lose the color of it you're just kind of going through life and i think most of us need more intentionality and more purpose and our constant quest our constant addiction for efficiency has not only made us impatient but it's also made us uh not present Hmm. with our lives yeah because we're always just thinking about how fast we can get it done yeah and you miss a lot uh, uh, the whole getting comfortable with, with being uncomfortable part for me is is really getting comfortable with this idea that in the waiting, something is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And it could be the most important something that needs to happen in your life, more important than that thing that you're waiting for. Yeah. There's a great story uh, in Scripture. There's two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they have a, a brother named Lazarus. And Lazarus, they're all friends with Jesus. Lazarus dies. They had sent word to Jesus before while Lazarus was sick, saying like, hey, come, like, help him. He needs healing. Like, he's, he's, he's sick. And Jesus doesn't come, intentionally doesn't come. And uh, eventually he does show up. Lazarus has already died. And Martha, one of the two sisters, runs up to him. They're both mad. And Martha runs up to him and she says, you know, essentially she says, where were you? If you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. 
And I always thought that was an interesting statement because Martha, in, in a way, it's a faith statement. She's saying, if you were here, I know you had the power. You could have healed him. Right. Uh, but she's also expressing she's not happy with the timeline. So it's, it, And I think it's true for a lot of us. Uh, and I'm not assuming that everybody's a, a believer, but I know a, a lot of people listening to this podcast are. You and I certainly are. We, we want to believe in God's power, but we don't want to believe and trust in His timing. Mm-hmm. So we're trusting for His power to work in our life, but we're not trusting His calendar. And I, I think that that's, a, that's interesting. For there to be true hope in your life, you have to believe in both. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in His power and in His calendar. Yeah. And, and trust that. And so I, I come back for me and where I'm finding uh, more peace in the patience of waiting when I am longing for something to happen as I come back to this idea that I really believe I live under a friendly sky. Mm-hmm. In other words, I have a God who's incredibly gracious and has been kind to me. And I feel like in so many ways has led me into opportunities that I never deserved. And if I really believe that I have this friendly God, I have to be able to trust that his time is his timing is better than my timing, yeah. right? His calendar is more accurate than my calendar. Yeah. And in that, that's where that hope you were talking about earlier, that's where my hope comes from when things aren't happening in the way that I want them mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. I've always loved that quote of I live under a friendly sky. I believe yeah. I live under a friendly sky. I forget who I think it that. might have been C.S. Lewis. I was going to say, I think it's C.S. Lewis. It's um, a longer quote than that, but that's yes, part of the it's quote. It's a part of it. But I think that it, of course, applies to like the patients that we're talking about, but just so much more. You yep. know, so I, I kind of like the ending on that. Like, Well, it, it gives you that peace because I think a lot of times it's very, I've had people over the years ask me, well, why? Why is this taking so long? This would be a good thing. Why isn't it happening the way I want it to happen? I've never had a good answer for that. And I, I think that's where the that's the faith, that's the trust aspect, right? Mm-hmm. There's often not an explanation for why things aren't happening in the timing we want them to happen. That's where we need the trust. Mm-hmm. And again, if I believe that I live under a friendly sky, and I do, then I have to trust that mm-hmm. it's going to happen when it needs to happen. And in that meantime, I have to try to figure out what is it that God's trying to show me in my life. What I do know is I believe God cares more about our character than he does our comfort. Mm -hmm. And when I say character, I mean he cares more about the person he created us to become. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, I think often there's something we need to be learning, a character type thing that we need to be learning while we're in the waiting. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Thank you. So do you feel like you're going to be more, more patient? So much more patient. No, I, I literally, I think I want a sticky note on my bathroom mirror that says you live under a friendly sky. I feel like that just sets a tone for so much. So I, I really need that. I think it opens you up to receive, right? That whatever's going on in life and whatever the timeline looks like, that, um, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It goes back to what you, I mean, one of your many sayings, but life's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yep. And I think when you can shift your perspective like that, especially in patience, like this isn't happening to me, it's happening for me. Um, If you have that perspective, then you will get something out of it. If you walk through life like this is happening to me, there's a really good chance you're not going to learn some really incredible things that you could have experienced. Um, So yeah, I do. I do like that flip. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, if you're listening to this 
pretty recently from when we post it. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And um, if your kiddos are getting out of school, do something extra fun. Um, and yeah, so safe travels. And we will be back next week with another Good, good Talk. talk.